0: 2 Corinthians chapter 5 for our thoughts this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Familiar passage. In fact, this is the very first, the very first sermon I ever preached after surrendering to the ministry. This one verse is what i used as my text so it's very dear to me so if you would stand when you get there second corinthians chapter five second corinthians chapter five and look at verse 17 with me please therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses upon them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for this time. You've given us to come together into your house and, Lord, to fellowship with you as we worship you in spirit and in truth. And, Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity I have. I thank you for the privilege and honor of being able to stand before your flock, Lord, and share the word of God. I just pray, Lord, that you'll just uh, give me the words to say. May I speak with boldness and authority the truth, Lord, you've laid upon my heart. And, Lord, I pray hearts and ears will be open to receive what you have for them your word this morning draw us to you lord through your word and may your holy spirit have his way if there's a decision to be made whether it be salvation whether it be baptism church membership rededication whatever it may be lord we just pray that you'll have your way with those that are here today so father you've heard the prayer requests that have been spoken this morning there were several there are several on our hearts lord that we didn't speak out loudly but you know what they are we just pray that your will will be done with each of these requests and father again most of all we're so grateful and thankful that you loved us so much that you sent your only begotten son into the world to die and atone for our sins we love you and we praise you for it's in jesus name we pray amen please be seated If you'll notice in that passage that we've just read, there's several times the word reconciliation mentioned in the Word of God. Now, I'm going to tell you, I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer. Don't claim to be. I don't understand a lot of the theology when it comes to reconciliation. I just passed my pay grade, I guess. But I do know what reconciliation is. But when you think about reconciliation, being reconciled to God, who we were enemies to, who because of his love, his mercy, and his grace, through his Son, dying on the cross to redeem us from our sins, he doesn't impute our righteousness upon us. Thank God for that, because if he did, we're all in trouble this morning. Understand, no, 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 no. He transferred... That's what impute means. He transferred all of our sins and placed them on Jesus on the cross. Understand, it's it's unfathomable that God would want to reconcile his enemies. But that's exactly what he did. So with that said, I want us to look at the realities of reconciliation this morning. There's only two. There's probably more than that, but I'm only going to use two. But before we get into reconciliation, I love verse 17. Apostle Paul said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Understand, when a lost sinner comes to the saving knowledge of God's only begotten Son, he becomes a new creation Christ Jesus notice that God doesn't do a few little works on him the Bible says you become a new creature because of what Jesus did for you when he died on the cross and when you accepted him by faith beloved understand I am so thankful to be a new creature because I tell you what what I was before I met Jesus (laughs) that's pretty bad but he made me new but remember there was a dilemma and that dilemma was in the garden and by the way God knew all about that dilemma when he created Adam and the human race he knew that sin was going to be that dilemma and what folks still don't get about God is God is holy his character is holy and righteous and he can't look upon sin. And if we try to approach God in our sinful condition, we can't get to Him. So, God, in His love and grace, even though He knew we were going to fall and sin through Adam, He said, You know, you can't pay for your, your sins. There's no way to redeem you on your own merit. But there is one way we can do it. And in eternity past, him and Christ his son, the second head of the Godhead, decided right then and there that Jesus would be born of a virgin, come into the world, live a perfectly sinless life, and go to the cross to atone for our sins. And I tell you what, I'm so thankful for that because it was what Jesus did on the cross that makes us able to approach God. And not only that, that's what allows the righteousness of Christ to be imputed to us so that, you know what, we can be reconciled to God. Now, what were we before we were reconciled? Enemies. A lot of folks say, oh, no, I'm not an enemy of God. If you were born into this world, you came out of the womb an enemy of God. But God, because of his grace, loves you and I, and he sent his son. So let's get back to 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's new. That means the moment he receives Jesus as his Savior, he is delivered from the penalty of sin. He is delivered from the bondage of sin, and he is declared righteous because of what Christ did for us, and we become new in Christ. And by the way, we have a new nature. We are dead to sin. Supposed to be. Notice I said supposed to be. The average Baptist is choking right now. We're supposed to be new. And then look at what it says. Notice 18. And all things are of God. I got to stop right there because understand God is the creator of the universe, God is sovereign. He created us in His image. And the reason you and I can sit here in God's house and know that our sins are forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross, know that we're saved, know that we have a home in heaven, is because it was God that implemented the whole thing. It's always God. Listen, I've talked to people. Oh, I had an experience with God. What do you mean you had an experience? Well, I think it was God. Listen, God initiates. When it comes to salvation, He does the initiating through the Holy Spirit because He begins to deal with your heart and to convict you of your condition. You don't sit on a bench one day feeding the birds or pigeons and say, You know what? I think I'll be saved today. Don't work that away. He has to do that. But all things, notice what it says, all things are of God. So it was God's idea to send his son into the world. What a mighty sovereign we serve. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Why do you mean reconciled, Pastor John? Understand, he has reconciled us, you and I. himself through Jesus Christ coming into the world and dying to redeem us and atone for our sins it was his idea he initiated it and he made sure that his son would go to the cross and did Jesus go to the cross yes because Jesus always did the will of the father and by the way Jesus himself had to be a perfect sacrifice that's why all things are of god listen jesus is god god is jesus and as i said uh, that last night up at camp i preached a sermon on salvation no one can be saved not recognizing the deity of jesus christ can't do it but yet there are folks out there that claim they're saved But to deny his deity. Oh, he's not God. They deny the Trinity, some of them. But, oh, I'm saved. Not going to heaven, but I'm going to paradise on earth. Oh. What is wrong with people? You want me to tell you what's wrong with them? They're sinners. Spiritually, they don't know this book. They're lost. But listen, because of what Jesus did, God sent Jesus to the cross. We can therefore now be reconciled to God. And it was all God's idea, but God himself had to come down to earth in the form of flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ, live a perfect sinless life, and then die on the cross to redeem me and you. What a Savior. What a God. Now, notice all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now I want you all to get this. Okay. He redeemed us. Those of us that have trusted Christ as our personal Savior. We're redeemed. We've been reconciled to God. We now are able to fellowship with God. We have been declared righteous. By God himself, and therefore, we can go to his throne anytime we want. to. But notice, what did he do? He gave you and I that are saved the ministry of reconciliation. Why? So that we might show those that are in the world that are lost, don't know Christ, that look at the life and the transformation that has taken place in my life and You can have the same thing if we live it before them. But let me stop you right there. Oh, horse. It's not enough just to live it before them. Amen. You want to live a good life. You want to be an example. You want to keep your testimony perfect. And yes, live it before them. But that's not enough. You have to share the gospel with them. You say, oh, I can't do that. I get tongue-tied. Well, so do I every Sunday when I preach. I'm tongue-tied. Oh, I'm, I'm scared to face groups. That was me when I was in school, but the Lord did take care of that when he saved me. But he expects us to tell others about his love. His mercy, His grace, and His offer of salvation. You can't just live it before Him. Because there's skeptics out there, right preacher? You can live a perfect life in front of someone. And they say to themselves, well, when He's in front of people, oh, He's Mr. Holy. But I'll bet you at home, He's not that way. I'll bet you at work, he's not that away. I bet you when he's in public, he's not that away. So, really, it doesn't inspire. Oh, they'll watch you, but they're not watching to see how you were transformed. They're watching to see you fall. But, listen, that's why it's important we speak about the reconciliation that only comes. Jesus Christ, What does the word tell us? Turn to uh, Romans 10. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and look at verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And what does the word go on to say? And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen? That's what the Bible says. Go back to our text 2 Corinthians 5. has given us a ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ absolutely reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation well a couple things there first of all When Christ died on the cross, the whole purpose was that the world might be be saved through his sacrifice on the cross. Reconciled to God. Okay? And then the Bible says this, and I'm thankful, not imputing their trespasses upon them. Listen. All of us, the whole world, the whole human race, from the time Adam was in the garden up till now, and who's going to be ahead of us one day if the Lord delays his coming All of us have trespassed against God. All of us owe a penalty to God. But God, through Christ dying on the cross, does not hold those trespasses against us because, again, he imputed Christ's righteousness upon us. In other words, he transferred his righteousness, the Lord's righteousness, so that we could be saved and reconciled to God. And... I don't worry about the penalty of sin anymore. Because when Christ died on the cross, my sins, your sins, the sins of the whole world were placed upon him on the cross. And guess what? When Christ sees us now, our sins have been forgiven and he sees his son's righteousness. When he sees me and you, he sees the righteousness of Christ. That's why, hey, I'm not worried to face God because I have been redeemed and forgiven and reconciled to Him. I have my self-righteousness and sins, I have them imputed and transferred to Jesus. So when God looks upon His Son, do you think He sees sin? No, even when Jesus was on the cross and He was pouring out, God was pouring out His wrath and his judgment for the sins of the world. And he turned his back because, again, his character, he's holy, he's righteous, he's just, he can't look upon sin. But listen, after Jesus died, was buried, and on the third day rose from the dead, left that tomb alive, with it he did something. He provided atonement and redemption for every man, woman, boy, and girl that is willing to accept what he did. Notice I said willing to accept. There's those out there who said, well, Jesus died for everybody, so I'm saved. I don't have to do nothing. Now, it's true. You don't have to work for your salvation. It was all done on the cross. It's finished is what he cried out. But understand, there is a requirement got to come and accept that gift. It's a gift but it doesn't do you any good if you just look at the gift. There's a lot of folks looking at the gift. A lot of folks are even saying, if I take that gift I'm going to have to change. You sure are. But I'm going to tell you that gift that the Lord wants to give you, there's nothing in the world compares to it. Peace, joy, forgiveness, and mercy. Listen, I don't. I used to think before I met the Savior that oh, I got to have some material things. You know, I got to keep up with the Joneses, as they say. And boy, if I have material things, I have what my neighbor has. It'll make me happy. I got money in my pocket to spend. It'll make me happy. What a lie. Uh Uh-uh. I didn't have joy. I didn't have peace. There was something missing in my life. There was void. And you know what? Again, I thought, well, money will fill that void. Material things fill that void. No, the only thing that can fill that void in your heart is Jesus Christ. Finally, the light went off took me till I was 26, but it finally went off. And praise God, I've learned to be content no matter what state I'm in. God gives me what I need, and that's enough. Knowing that I am now a child of God and not an enemy anymore, knowing that I am adopted in the family of God and I have all rights and privileges, Knowing that I am at peace with God, this world don't have enough to offer for that. Amen? Now, notice what he says here. I'm glad my trespasses have been forgiven. And hath committed unto us what? The word of reconciliation. Now, it's one thing. To have reconciliation. That is where God has cleansed you, washed you, and now he's enjoying fellowship with you because you are a born-again child of his. And that's good. But the apostle Paul said we would also have the ministry of reconciliation. So every one of us that are saved, we have a ministry to perform. You say, well, I don't preach. No, don't preach. If he ain't called you, I'll just tell you right now, don't preach. If he hadn't called you, the worst mistake you'll make. And if he has called you and you don't, that's another mistake you're going to make. You're going to be miserable until you do what God tells you to do. But we also have the word of reconciliation. So when I go out into the world and God puts somebody in front of me, and the Holy Spirit says, you need to speak to this fellow. And witness, that's what he's talking about, the word of reconciliation. It's not enough to be a good Christian and just live it before him. You've got to speak to him. Amen? You must speak to him. You say, well, what do you usually say? Well, first of all, I usually introduce myself. I'm a preacher. And got a question for you if you died right now. Would you go to heaven? Do you believe in a heaven? And then I take them down the Roman road. That's what I use all the time. But before I go down the Roman road, I give them my testimony, what I was before I met the Savior, how he changed my life. Drastically, radically, he saved me and made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. I was real proud, Brother Gerald's not here this morning, but Wednesday we were having Bible study. I, I taught the adults. And, I mean, it was raining pitchforks. It, it looked like back home in Arkansas. Just slam, you couldn't even see anything. It was raining so hard. And we're inside, the hungry bear sitting at the table. And, I mean, it's coming down. And, of course, Brother Gerald ain't the fastest. Guy in you know, he, <laughs> I'm glad he's here. He won't give me a hard time. We had a guy like that on our football team, and we called him Doopty-Doo. Anyways, here he comes. Well, there's one of the workers, and he's trying to put down the umbrellas, and I mean, it's just pouring. And I'm thinking, well, Gerald, come on, get in here. You're going to get washed away. And while that guy's rolling up the umbrellas, Brother Gerald stops. And he starts talking. Well, when I say talking, he starts witnessing to this young man. And I mean, it is pouring, thunder, lightning. He's standing by a pine tree. I'm thinking, oh, my Lord, this is a, his last thing he's going to do on earth. They both stayed out there in the pouring rain. He witnessed to him, and I watched that man bow his head and ask Christ into his heart. And when Gerald came in, you know, Gerald's Gerald. He didn't toot his horn. He didn't, by the way, can I tell you, we don't have the authority. We don't have the power. To reconcile anybody. It is God that does it himself. It is God that saves. Gerald didn't save him. The Lord saved him. And all Gerald said was, praise the Lord. He gave his heart to Jesus. I said, brother, thank you for your example. Standing out in the pouring rain. You know, I used to be called, you ain't got much sense if you stand out in the rain. Uh, That's a good reason to stand in the rain, preacher. When a soul And even though lightning was popping, I'm telling you, it was popping, thundering. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, please protect them. Please protect them. Hey, when you're doing God's will, there's nothing to worry about. Amen. But again, the word of reconciliation. We have a responsibility. How do we know that? Because look at what Paul says in the next verse. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Did y'all get that? What's an ambassador? One that speaks for the king. Paul is doing kingdom work. He's speaking on behalf of the king, the sovereign. And you know what? That's All of our jobs, those of us that know Jesus as our personal Savior. We are ambassadors for Christ, right? Now look at what else he says. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ did, be reconciled to God. What's he saying there? Let's read it together again. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ did be ye reconciled unto God. Paul's not saying, "Oh, I'm an ambassador of Christ in my own power and in my own strength." No, no, that's not what he's talking about there. He's saying he is what he is as an ambassador because of what god did through christ in him he's an ambassador and then again be reconciled to god and then he goes back to end this chapter on what we spoke about being a new creation in christ in verse 17 for he has made him to be sin for us who's he talking about jesus his only begotten son He's made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That's why he was able to redeem and atone for our sins because he was the perfect sacrifice that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see, you can read God's word and I'll go from Genesis All the way to Revelation. And you know what you're going to find in every one of those books of the Bible? You're going to find how God sent his Son into the world to atone and redeem us and save us. Oh, what a Savior. Go to Romans chapter 3 real quick. Well, before you go there, hey, wait, go to Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2. Hebrews chapter 2. It'll go with this verse. Is everybody there? Look at verse 9 with me. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should what? Taste death for every man. What did Jesus do for you and me? He took on our punishment. He took on our judgment and the wrath of God that was to fall upon us, upon himself, so that we could be redeemed and reconciled to God. What a Savior. Now go to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, look at verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of our sins that are past through the forbearance of God. And then look at verse 26. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus does everybody get what Paul's trying to get across to us How are you and I declared righteous before God through the Lord's death on the cross He was perfect He was just and by him dying for the sins of the world we may be saved and reconciled to God. I like what he says, that declare his righteousness, and talking about your righteousness, no, he's talking about the righteousness of Jesus, his son. But he says, for what? The remission of sins. He's talking about forgiveness of sins from the past. But not just the past, but for today, the present, and even for the future. Now, I don't know how long this whole world's going to stand. Only God does. But I can assure you this the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross of Calvary, even if it was just a drop, and we know it wasn't just a drop, hey, he shed lots of blood. But even if it would have been just a drop, it would have been enough so that we could be declared righteous and reconciled to God. He took his atoning blood, went up to the mercy seat in heaven before God and offered it. It was sprinkled on the mercy seat And God was once and for all satisfied for his atoning death. That's good stuff. That'll preach. And then through the forbearance of God. Through God's knowledge and understanding. Again, all God. People can mock him. They can reject him, they can poke fun, they can say all manner of wickedness and evil against him. But those of us that know him, what a God. And I'll go ahead and throw this in and I won't charge you. Paul said this, for those that like to mock and reject and despise him, if a man be ignorant, you just let him be ignorant. There's a lot of ignorant men out there. And I don't want to leave you ladies out. There's some ignorant ladies out there, too. I'll get in trouble. Believe me, I will hear about this. Are you calling me ignorant? No, I'm preaching, love. I'm preaching. Sister, men and women apart from Jesus are ignorant, spiritually speaking. Amen? Amen. So it was good. Now, I'm going to close with this. Are you reconciled to God? sinner friend, if you've never trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, you're not. But I showed you in God's word how you can be. And the good news is, if you'll just come and receive him by faith, accept what he did, you own Calvary, you can be reconciled to God and be saved. Child of God, you've received him as your Savior. You've been reconciled to God, but are you the ambassador for God that you're supposed to be? You see, we have a responsibility to go out and tell people about the King. You see, the king we serve wants us to share his word. So are you doing that? I can assure you, whatever your spiritual need is this morning, Jesus can meet that need if you'll come. Reconciliation means to come together. Maybe you're having issues with a boss at work. Parents, grandparents, maybe you're having issues with your kids or grandkids. Husband, wife, maybe you're having issues in your marriage. I'm here to tell you, God can bring y'all to an agreement. You can be reconciled right here and right now this morning. So whatever the need, would you bring it to Jesus? Would you stand with me, please, bow your heads?